0: Welcome to the Education Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Whenever I hear the words tutor, tutee, or tutelage, I can't help but giggle. But even outside of these strange semantics, tutoring can have a negative connotation. But that doesn't have to be the case. Here to tutor us in all things tutoring is Samir Qureshi, co-founder and CEO of NEC. How are you doing today, Samir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well too. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity here. So I guess it's that time of year again where we've got students of all types that are starting new classes and meeting new teachers and attending new schools. So I was wondering, what did you think some of the biggest hurdles are for students and teachers when they're beginning their new school year? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So for students, you know, uh, especially the context of of what I do, I'm, I'm very much immersed in the college world, if you will. So thinking of it from that perspective, I think it's always kind of, you know, a bit anxious for students, especially if this is their first semester or uh, potentially taking uh, classes in a new major or electives. So, you know, I think there's a little bit of fear and anxiety, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of excitement that is usually there um, because I think what's cool about college is, is you're around folks your age, you're around peers that oftentimes have similar interests, backgrounds, or, you know, perspectives. And so I think there's always kind of that excitement mixed in with that fear and anxiety. And every student's always trying to gauge how hard is this class really gonna be, right? How many hours do I need to put in? Uh, and, and is there is there a way I can kind of, you know, secure myself for long term uh success in this course, be it, you know, joining a study group, be it um kind of getting an early start, or am I potentially one of those individuals that likes to see if I can play catch up towards the end and, and score that A last minute? So I think you know, there's there's vast majority uh, of different sorts of students in the way they approach it, but you know, I think generally these are sorts of the these are the sort of questions that are running through students' minds. And then flipping it on the the professor's perspective, I think you know it's very much how can I structure this information in a way that's going to hopefully lead these students to coming out with um, a deep understanding of the, the subject matter, while also balancing you know, especially in research institutions, how can I protect my main duty, which beyond teaching is doing research, right? So how can I almost uh, leverage my TAs or or different technologies or um, resources to ensure that uh, my class is well managed and, and is always staying on track.
0: Absolutely. I'm a recent college graduate, so I'm very familiar with those fears and anxieties of how much work am I going to have to put in? What is this class actually going to hold? And I think for a lot of students, we turn to tutoring when it's too late. And you mentioned that catching up to try to get that good grade at the very last second. When would you say is an appropriate time to seek out tutoring? I mean, I think it's just kind
1: of like a gym membership, right? Where if, if you really want to to train and and uh, look your best or do your best, it's something that you continually have to go to. And oftentimes it's something you have to do even when you don't feel like you need to, or you're too tired or, or not in the mood to do it, right? And so I think a big a big thing we try to do with our business is change that perception around tutoring. I think a lot of folks feel like it's this thing I might be afraid to talk about. I don't want to tell anybody, even not even telling my parents, because they may think I'm failing out. But in reality, it can be actually a really interesting and proactive way to um, better yourself. And so I think there's different, you know, styles of tutoring too, right? There, it kind of blurs the lines into mentoring and almost um, kind of guiding and advising, where you know, maybe I can sit down with a tutor who's going to help me just figure out the best way to study, the best way to be successful in this class before we start diving into the actual subject matter knowledge, right? So figuring out kind of that action plan and and really that, that agenda for success, if you will, I think is a really great place to start and justify um, early kind of attendance in tutoring. Um, but again, I think the word tutoring has so much of a negative stigma that there's a lot we can do to try to change that perspective and you know, one thing is is going to tutoring to get help with calculus or or algebra or what have you. But it's another thing to really go in there to set yourself up to figure out how to approach um, these sorts of problems and how to approach kind of the course as a whole. So, again, I think it you know tutoring can can really be blended into advising, mentoring, coaching, um, and that's what we strive to do here at NAC is is really leverage kind of this holistic student support network, let alone just kind of college tutoring.
0: I really like that explanation. And that makes me think your tutors are probably getting just as much out of being tutors as the people that are seeking tutelage. So what about NAC's mission supports your tutors?
1: 100%. I think you hit the nail on the head. I, you know, there's always so many studies around the efficacy of tutoring for the T, which is obviously great, right? I think that's that the tutor wouldn't have the opportunity unless the student on the receiving end was really, you know, seeking them for the need. So it's always great to see that. But I think What's often overlooked is, is the value to the peer tutor or to the tutor as a whole, because you know research has proven that as you continue to reteach material, you're reinforcing that subject matter knowledge, and you're getting better with people skills, your soft skills, right? Your, your problem solving, your teamwork, your collaboration, things that really matter not just in college, but in life after college. So we started to identify that being an important factor in our business recently, and so what we've done is we started to kind of talk to our tutors really deeply and understand what their motivations were around tutoring we found a lot of our tutors actually tutored for free because the intrinsic motivation of helping somebody was really incredible to them and beyond that they knew that that experience would be value valuable and valued outside of the classroom by grad schools by employers um, and even by potentially just their own family members and friends right being able to concisely speak and and, and articulate uh, concepts is is really you know it's valuable and so what we've done is we've taken a really unique approach we've introduced um, a handful of customers or, or employers, I should say, that are interested in these skill sets, uh, the teamwork, the collaboration, and then of course the hard skills that are, that are developed through tutoring. And they're actually hiring out of our tutor network. So they're saying, we really value these skill sets. And so we wanna specifically hire um, for some roles outside of um, our typical channels from the NAC network. So we're working with companies like PWC, um, IBM, Boeing, who are, who are coming in and saying, we're really interested in these skill sets. And that's actually boosted the value proposition pretty strongly for our tutors and continued to drive activity and also, you know, put downward pressure on the price for tutoring because tutors understand, hey, this might be a really great way for me to showcase myself. So while I might make 20, 30 bucks an hour tutoring somewhere else, I might be willing to charge five or 10 or potentially nothing just for the opportunity to differentiate myself and get opportunities postgraduate. So that's kind of the approach we're taking. We're hoping it works and we're starting to see some early signs and success stories so we're really excited about it we actually had a couple tutors um, that had explained how um, you know they were essentially put in situations where they were were uh, having to instill motivation and confidence in students so again tutoring is not necessarily the most fun thing to go to right and oftentimes you start to hit walls as a student you know it can get really frustrating and sometimes disheartening um, so we've heard stories where our tutors are faced with students who in the middle of a problem and after being stumped for so long they start to break down in tears and and say, you know, if I don't pass this exam or if I don't get the grade that I need, my parents aren't gonna be very happy. I might be at risk of my scholarship. I might, you know, have to go on academic probation and students are really kind of left with the tutor kind of being that last hope, right? So these tutors have the opportunity at that point to instill motivation and confidence in these individuals to say, hey, you know what? I totally get it. I've been in your shoes and and here's how I tacked it, right? And really help break it down step-by-step. We've had countless stories like these Um, that ultimately end up with that student kind of crossing the finish line. And now whether they had to retake the course or not, um, they were at least kind of met with that motivation that was really uh, encouraging. And I think sometimes that's really a big piece of what's needed in the academic setting, right? The whole peer community is really important. And so I think from a managerial perspective, if you look at individuals who have the ability to instill confidence, motivation, and keep people encouraged, those are really great skills that translate, again, into being a great manager. Um, or being a great leader within a workforce, so I think again these are the sorts of skills that HR leaders are starting to pay attention to, and I think there's this emergence of academic leaders understanding that this is a big piece of what's important to the ever-changing workforce. So you know that's kind of an anecdotal um, story that we've we've kind of heard time and time again, and we want to start to do our best to ensure that the tutors have the support they need to, you know, then in turn give it back to the students.
0: With your tutoring program, how well does it mesh with existing schools? Has the transition to entering universities been pretty easy for you all?
1: Most schools do have their own tutoring programs, which is really great, and I think a lot of stu- and they are oftentimes booked or overbooked and 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 are being well used. I think um, where we come in and provide an opportunity. So to be clear, you know we work with institutions like um, Arizona State University, has actually backed us um, as a portfolio company of theirs who are interested in our technology because we have multiple oper- operational um, strengths, which include being able to really streamline the process of booking a tutor, right? tracking the outcomes on the tutoring, and then ultimately increasing accessibility to the service. So what we've done um, is we've actually figured out um, by working with these schools very closely and understanding their needs that beyond kind of the, the, the booking services and, and such, we actually have an opportunity to come in and cover some of the courses that they can't cover due to budget constraints. So a lot of schools will only have a specific budget that can cover certain classes. These are oftentimes your core kind of lower level courses. But once you get into your upper level courses, um, you know, advanced agricultural business economics, right? Those sorts of tutors are not easy to come by, whether it's external or even internal at the university, because they're such fragmented courses. Demand may not be in, you know, too high, but at the same time, Universities want to ensure these students aren't left behind and that they're ultimately able to graduate. So we come in as a supplemental service for a lot of these schools Um, and and what's really unique about the model is it's again completely student to student. So they're empowering their own top performing students to go out and help other students on their campus, which is ultimately boosting engagement, uh, you know, loyalty to that campus retention and now ultimately workforce readiness because we're tying this back to job outcomes. So you know, I think there's an opportunity and, and we're starting to get this with, with our early customers to come in, augment the existing services, really, really help their students beyond again just the two Ts, the tutors getting value out of this, while ultimately driving that data back to the university. So we really see this as a friendly relationship with the university where we can come in, supplement, and even make their operational effectiveness uh, even even more um effective. So we're excited about it and you know. As a direct-to-consumer business formerly, we're excited to have opportunities to work more top-down.
0: You said that the progress is tracked and that you're able to look back on some of that data. How does that work with your company?
1: Yeah, so we have a feedback system, a peer feedback system where tutor rates a student, a student rates a tutor. Um, We're actually working on revamping the whole system right now, kind of gathering feedback from universities and, and HR leaders to understand what are the competencies we really need to be tracking. So today with the rating interview system and qualitative and quantitative feedback, we're able to tell, you know, at what, um, at what are the proficiencies of the specific tutor? Was it knowledge? Was it communication? Was it punctuality? Was it even friendliness, humor, uh, communication? What are some of those key competencies that we can start to track um, on a more granular basis to, again, help kind of nudge these students in the right direction and tell a larger story about really what their knack is, right? We're kind of evolving the model now, as I'd mentioned, um, and we're really excited about it because, again, there's a lot of research that backs these sorts of things. Um, So the more we can ground it on industry uh, standards, industry best practices is kind of the direction we're hoping to move forward in.
0: And then bouncing off of this same idea, how can education and education technology in general support this tutoring model and peer learning?
1: Accessibility is really key, right? There's a big move to online, um, which is awesome because it's giving you know, everyone kind of the potential to, to seek coursework um, and, and be able to ultimately attain degrees. So um, I think with the advancement of technology um, and hopefully kind of the progressive mind shift change with, with university administrators to understand, hey, if our end goal is really to you know, empower these individuals, not just to be successful at that institution, but in life after that institution, What can we do to set these students up for success? Um, And part of it is that academic, um, you know, success in the classroom. But a big piece of it is also, again, that soft skill development and how that translates into them being a good steward of society. Um, So it's, you know, I think that the best way for us to kind of conducively work together here is to understand that this is really for the benefit of the student. And how can we ensure that student success always stays top of mind? I think there have been some really incredible institutions out there that are very progressive, Arizona State University being one of them, probably one of the most preeminent ones. So I think there are some leaders in this space. There's a really great group called uh, University Innovation Alliance that's really focusing on driving the use of technology and student success and and student innovation. Um, So I think we're starting to see this shift, which is really, really encouraging and exciting. But ultimately, you know, Again, keeping that student in mind, um, wh- that's really what we strive to do here at NAC. And, and so that's where we see the market shifting. A lot of companies, which, which is completely fair, and, and it's just kind of the trend in technology, are really, really excited and gung-ho about you know, online and, and kind of scalable technology where we can expand our impact. While that is a very big piece of what we do, we consider ourselves heavily technology-focused business. I think one thing that we're really excited about and that really differentiates our business is that there's a huge human element. And to some folks, you know, that may may look to be less scalable, right, because you've got humans in the mix that are meeting up and communicating and such. But to us, it's actually really exciting because, again, we're bringing back kind of this, these relationships and, and driving these, these academic and, and kind of collaborative collisions, if you will, on campus. Um, so I think that human element is something that's always really been important to us, for us. You know, until online starts to become an amazing and seamless experience, and with things like AR and VR, I think we're getting there, but until then, we still value in person. Um, and sure, we're you know, moving towards an online model ourselves, but at the end of the day, we're really excited that there's always two kind of individuals on both sides that are really helping one another. Um, and again, there's value on both ends, right? Um, and, and ultimately coming out as more well-rounded stewards and members of society. So to us, I think that's really what keeps us going. That's what motivates us. And then everything's really centered on learning, right? And so one of our mottos internally is never stop learning. And to us, that's, that's really the key to life. And the key to success and happiness and humility is continue to learn and, and kind of be humble and knowing that, you know, you may have something to help someone with and that person may have something they can help you with. Um, so, you know, that's really kind of been inherent to our mission here at NAC.
0: Samir, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the time and I appreciate it. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you could go to marketscale.com backslash industries and subscribe to previous podcast articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Until next time.